Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Our episodes deal with serious and often distressing incidents. If you feel at any time you need support, please contact your local crisis centre. For suggested phone numbers for confidential support, please see the show notes for this episode on your app or on our website. In mid-2014, John and Andrea Woods were busy packing up their possessions into moving boxes. After living at 657 Boulevard for the past 23 years, the time had come for the couple to move on. Located in the affluent suburb of Westfield, New Jersey, their striking six-bedroom, four-bathroom, Dutch-colonial-style home was the perfect house to raise a family. Potential buyers would be further encouraged by the area's tight-knit community and low crime rate. The Woods hoped that the new owners would settle in quickly to the home they had loved. In the days before they moved out, John and Andrea Woods received a letter. After reading it herself, Andrea showed it to John. He disregarded it, crumpled the paper into a ball, and threw it in the trash. The letter had been signed by someone claiming to be the Watcher. Derek Broadus stepped through the front door of 657 Boulevard. His wife Maria had grown up in the suburb and the two could think of nowhere better to raise their three young children. Although they had taken out a hefty mortgage on the nearly $1.4 million house, the Broaduses couldn't be more excited. It was their dream home. Built in 1905, the house required some renovations. The couple decided to stay in their current residence and get all the necessary work done before moving in. Built across 3,920 square feet, the multi-storey house sat at the end of a long, curved driveway. A white-columned porch, large bay windows and intricate wood and stonework defined the stately residence. It was surrounded by an expanse of manicured lawn, dotted with lush trees and a well-maintained garden. The Broadus's children, aged 10, 8 and 5, played in the yard, while Derek and Maria got to work planning their renovations. 
Three days after settlement, in June 2014, Derek spent the afternoon and evening alone painting the interior of the house. Just before 10pm, as he was preparing to leave, Derek checked the mailbox. He pulled out a handful of envelopes, mostly bills and some pamphlets. Amongst the mail was a handwritten envelope addressed to the new owner. It was written with a thick black pen. There was no return address. Derek opened the envelope. After reading the letter on his porch, Derek Broadus ran back inside and locked the door behind him. He turned off all the lights so the house appeared unoccupied from the street. Grabbing the phone, he dialed the number for the Westfield Police Department. An officer was dispatched to 657 Boulevard and read the letter Derek presented to him. Once he'd finished reading, the officer looked up at Derek with a perplexed expression. He asked, What the fuck is this? The typed letter read, Dearest the new neighbour at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighbourhood. How did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force within? 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched it in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. I see already that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Tisk tisk tisk. Bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. I asked the Woods to bring me young blood, and it looked like they listened. You have children. I have seen them. So far I think there are three that I have counted. Are there more on the way? Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call them and draw them to me. Who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive past 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look out any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. Signed, The Watcher. Because they had been referred to in the letter, 
Derek brought us emailed the previous owners of number 657. John and Andrea Woods mentioned the letter they had received from the watcher just before vacating the property, but insisted they weren't particularly concerned or distressed by its contents. At the behest of the Broaduses, both couples went to the Westfield Police Department to officially report the letters. Assigned to the case was Detective Leonard Lugo. He advised the Broaduses to keep quiet about the letters, particularly to those who lived on the boulevard. He believed that the watcher was someone who lived close by. A few days after receiving the letter, the Broaduses attended a barbecue across the street to welcome them into the neighbourhood. According to New York Magazine, Derek and Maria were on high alert during the gathering. They eyed others with suspicion and kept their children close. The Broaduses agreed to give one of their friendlier neighbours a tour of their beloved house. Their anxiety heightened when the neighbour commented, It will be nice to have some young blood in the neighbourhood. The renovations continued at 657. Two weeks after they received the unnerving letter, the Broaduses had yet to move in. Maria called in to check the mail when she noticed a familiar-looking envelope. Instead of opening it, she took it directly to the Westfield Police Department. The letter inside read, Welcome again to your new home at 657 Boulevard. The workers have been busy and I have been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found what is in the walls yet? In time they will. I am pleased to know your names now and the name of the young blood you have brought to me. You certainly say their names often. 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all of the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement? Or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic? Or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the watcher and have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now, you are too, Broadus family. 
Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard, and now it has brought you to me. The house is crying from all of the pain it is going through. You have changed it and made it so fancy. You are stealing its history. It cries for the past and what used to be in the time when I roamed its halls. The 1960s were a good time for 657 Boulevard, when I ran from room to room imagining life with the rich occupants there. The house was full of life and young blood. Then it got old, and so did my father. But he kept watching until the day he died. And now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine again. Have a happy moving in day. You know I will be watching. The letter addressed the Broaduses by name and included the nicknames that Maria called her children. The Westville police conducted surveillance on 657 as Derek and Maria continued the renovations. Stressed and on edge, they stopped allowing their children to visit the house and discussed whether they should move in at all. A neighbour at 633 Boulevard came forward to say they had also received a letter from the watcher, but they were not particularly concerned by it and had discarded it accordingly. Derek and Maria were questioned about any enemies they might have. None were identified. Residing next door to 657 was a man named Michael Langford. Michael had lived at the residence since the 1960s, coinciding with the watcher's claim in their first letter that their father had watched the house since then. Michael now lived with his mother, who was in her 90s, as well as several of his siblings, who were in their 60s. His father had died 12 years prior, again corresponding with the line in the second letter that asserted the watcher had been observing the property for the better part of two decades. Known as being a bit odd to the boulevard's residents, Michael was the first person who popped into the minds of investigators. Diagnosed with schizophrenia, Michael was known to walk through backyards on the boulevard and occasionally peer into windows. He was taken in for questioning, but denied being the watcher or penning any threats. His family and those who knew Michael thought of him as a harmless character, incapable of writing the letters. With no evidence to keep him in custody, Michael Langford was released. The watcher's letters and envelopes were sent for forensic testing. No fingerprints were uncovered, but a DNA sample was extracted from the adhesive used to seal one of the envelopes. The DNA determined that whoever had sealed the envelopes was female. Michael Langford's sister, Abby, was a real estate agent. Police speculated that she might have been compelled to write the letters after she missed out on acquiring the property's listing herself. 
they covertly retrieved a water bottle from her work desk. From it, they extracted her DNA profile. It was not a match to the DNA found on the envelope. Former homeowner Angela Woods also provided a DNA sample, but it didn't match either. The second letter sent to the Broadduses also made mention of their daughter painting on an easel on the porch. The close proximity of the Langfords to 657 Boulevard afforded them one of the few views from which the easel could be seen. With police permission, the Broadduses sent a letter to the Langfords. It advised them that they planned to demolish their house on 657 Boulevard hoping it would spark an outraged response. They never received a reply. With no arrests imminent, Derek received help from forensic linguist Robert Lenahan. Robert carried out a threat assessment on the letters. Based on their vocabulary and the two spaces after each full stop, he concluded that the writer was likely 50 to 60 years of age and an avid reader. He browsed the local forums for language that resembled the contents of the letters. There were no matches. A private investigator Derek hired staked out the neighbourhood. Although they determined that the Langfords were strange, they were unable to unearth the Watcher. Derek even turned to a former FBI agent who had inspired the character of Clarice Starling in Silence of the Lambs, but to no avail. Derek Broadus was certain that the Langford family were responsible. He pored over council plans to see which houses had views of his property and who would be able to hear his children being called. He also set up multiple webcams around his house. According to New York Magazine, one day a house painter at the property was working when he noticed something strange. He looked out one of the rear windows. The neighbours behind 657 had placed the deck chairs in very close proximity to the boundary of the two properties. Instead of facing their own house, the couple positioned the chairs to look straight at 657. The couple sat on the chairs, watching the workers as they renovated. Upon investigating this couple, it was discovered that their daughter had married a man who lived in 657 previously. The promising lead went nowhere. All former owners and housekeepers of 657 were also ruled out one by one. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. At 11 o'clock one night, police staking out the boulevard observed a car slow to a stop outside 657. 
The driver remained motionless in the vehicle for some time before driving away. The car was traced to a woman who resided in a nearby suburb. When questioned, she claimed that her boyfriend was driving her car. He lived in very close proximity to 657 Boulevard. However, at the time, he was living in a different location. She said her boyfriend was known to play some really dark video games. One character he played was called The Watcher. Police contacted the boyfriend who agreed to an interview. When he didn't show, a second interview was scheduled. He didn't turn up for that one either. Without concrete evidence to link this man to being the watcher, investigators' hands were tied. The man had no legal obligation to assist police with their investigations. The Broadduses faced the conundrum. They had a beautifully renovated house made to their specifications, but were too afraid to move in. Derek spent some nights in the attic with the lights off, looking out the windows with a pair of binoculars, but the watcher never made an appearance. The Broaddus family moved in with Maria's parents, and their grand house sat empty. In February 2015, six months after they had purchased the property, the Broadduses put 657 Boulevard back on the market. They asked for nearly $1.5 million, 100,000 more than they had purchased it for. With the home's extensive renovations, the skyrocketing real estate market, and location in one of New Jersey's premier neighbourhoods, it should have been a quick sell. However, the watcher had come to the attention of the local media, and there were no interested buyers. In June 2015, the Broadduses filed a lawsuit against the previous owners of 657, John and Andrea Woods. According to the morning call, they argued that they never would have bought the property had they known there was a person who had a, quote, mentally disturbed fixation on the house. The Broadduses were suing for fraud and concealment. They believed that the Woods should have disclosed that they had received a letter from the watcher prior to vacating the house. They wanted the Woods to refund them the purchase price of the house as well as punitive damages. The lawyer for the Broadduses explained that they had attempted to sell the house because they are unable to live in the home without extreme anxiety and fear for their children's safety and well-being. The Woods maintained that the letter they received from the watcher was not threatening. They countersued the Broadduses, claiming they had been defamed by the lawsuit, which was gaining considerable media attention. While waiting for the civil suit to be heard, the Broaddus family rented out 657. Their tenants were fully aware of the bizarre goings-on at the home. The parties had a special rental agreement. 
It featured a clause that gave the tenants permission to vacate the house should another letter from the watcher arrive. With no children and two large dogs to protect them, the tenants felt confident enough to sign the lease. In February 2017, a few weeks after they moved in, an envelope appeared in their letterbox. It had been two years since the last letter from the watcher had been received. This time, the envelope was addressed. Violent winds and bitter cold. To the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife, Maria. The letter inside asked, Where have you gone to? 657 Boulevard is missing you. The letter was confiscated by the Westfield Police Department, who initially kept its contents confidential. Forensic testing failed to uncover any fingerprints or DNA on the letter or its envelope. The tenants agreed to stay on, despite the remainder of the letter containing increasingly violent threats towards the occupants of the house. Their only condition was that the Broadduses install additional security cameras. Derek promptly did so. In another desperate attempt to offload the house, which was now causing them a significant financial burden, the Broadduses applied to the Westfield Planning Board. Their plan was to raise the house they had put so much work into and subdivide the land into two lots to sell. Residents in Westfield protested the proposal. They argued that smaller lots would be out of character for the community. In March 2017, the planning board formally rejected the plan. They cited that at 67.4 and 67.6 feet respectively, the subdivided lots would fall two and a half feet short of the mandated 70-foot required allotment. In a further bout of bad luck, the civil case lodged by the Broadduses was thrown out in October 2017. It was determined that the case could set an unreasonable precedent for what sellers would need to disclose to potential buyers. The Broadduses put 657 Boulevard back on the market for the reduced price of $1.1 million. The mysterious watcher left the idyllic Westfield area in a state of unease. Police assured the public that they had conducted a thorough investigation, but admittedly were no closer to solving the case. A journalist from a local newspaper speculated that the Broadduses themselves could have been responsible for the letters. He theorised that the family might have gotten in over their heads with the mortgage and were looking for a way to wriggle out of their financial troubles. Another theory was that the Broadduses concocted the entire series of events in order to profit from a potential television or movie deal. The Broadduses angrily denied these allegations. They also copped flack on social media with users calling them cowards for being scared away from moving into their home by a couple of letters. 
Maria brought us even took a DNA test to rule herself out as a suspect. Derek brought us told the Today Show. I was a depressed wreck. On July 1, 2019, Derek and Maria Broadus sold 657 Boulevard to another couple for just over $959,000, $400,000 less than they had purchased the property for five years earlier. This also didn't cover the significant amount of money they put into renovations. According to all that's interesting, Maria Broadus said, At the end of the day, it came down to, what are you going to risk? We weren't going to put our kids in harm's way. The Broaduses decided to stay in Westfield, purchasing a modest home in an undisclosed location. The watcher eyed the blank sheet of paper before them. With pen in hand, they began scribbling across its surface. You wonder who the watcher is. Turn around, idiots. Maybe you even spoke to me, one of the so-called neighbours who has no idea who the watcher could be. Or maybe you do know and are too scared to tell anyone. Good move. I walked by the news trucks when they took over my neighbourhood and mocked me. I watched as you watched from the dark house in an attempt to find me. Telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions. They went on to detail how they might cause the broadest family's demise. Maybe a car accident, maybe a fire. Maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away but makes you feel sick day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet. Loved ones suddenly die. Planes and cars and bicycles crash. Bones break. The watcher then folded the letter and slid it inside an envelope. They sealed it shut and wrote across its front. To the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife, Maria. The letter ended. You are despised by the house. And the watcher won. This was the final letter penned to the Broadus family by the Watcher in 2017. No further letters have reportedly been sent to 657 Boulevard since. The Watcher remains unknown.